Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. Well, uh, this week's episode was uh, suggested to me by a good friend. Big shout out to Liz, who uh, suggested One Cut of the Dead. Told me nothing about it before I started watching it, and I didn't look anything up, but I did know that it was on Shudder. And since you and I both <clears throat> share a Shutter account, <clears throat> <laughs> I knew that this was something we, we could watch. So um, thank you for the suggestion. And here we are. We are watching One Cut of the Dead, a Japanese zombie film, sort of, from 2017. Man, I had not heard about this, and uh, I uh, was really kind of surprised that I hadn't heard about it. I think one of the probably one of the main reasons is just because it's Japanese. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't get a lot of exposure to world film in the USA, probably because there are just so many of them. And this one, you know, it's it's a good movie. I th- I think it's a great movie. I'm just going to come right out and say that right now. Certainly, the internet thinks so, and the critics thought so. This is one of the few movies you can find on Rotten Tomatoes with a 100% approval rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's based on 86 reviews. And then it was shot on a $25,000 budget and ended up grossing $25 million, 1,000-point um, return on it uh, in its native Japan. And then uh, around the world, it's done pretty well. Again, didn't probably get much of a big release in the USA. Right now, your best bet to go see this movie is going to be on Shudder. And that is where we watched it. Had you ever heard of this movie before, Craig? You follow, you know what? You go, you follow these websites a little more closely. Maybe you'd heard of this before somehow. Mm, uh, if I had, I don't remember. It did get a stateside theatrical release, which I think was unexpected. I think I don't think anybody expected it. This this movie has an interesting production history. So you said this is what we're doing without consulting me (laughs) (laughs) often is the case and then you want to murder me afterwards because you hate it (laughs) and that's the thing so so wait a minute so what you're gonna say is so i walked into this expecting to hate it (laughs) well okay (laughs) all right so i'll i'll be completely honest i wasn't really looking forward to it because I'm one of those lame-ass Americans who doesn't love subtitles. Now, it's not because I don't like to read. I do, in fact, very much like to read. But if I'm going to read, <laughs> I'll read a book. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to read TV. And e- even it's so stupid. I take all these notes. I take, you know, tons and tons of notes and then I usually barely even look at them when we're we're talking. So the subtitles pose an additional challenge because I'm constantly going back and forth between this between two screens, between my video screen and between, you know, my computer screen taking these notes and I was afraid that I would miss stuff. Now ultimately I don't really think that I missed much, but watching the first 35, 37 minutes, I was like, Jesus Christ, he did it again. Like, (laughs) why do I let him pick these horrible movies? (laughs) And then after that 35 or 37 minutes, things changed. And that's one thing that I want to say from the beginning. Now, you said you knew nothing about it going in, and I, I, I think in the email that you sent me, you said, I've heard 
that you're better off not knowing anything about it going in. And so I didn't look it up. I didn't read anything either. Um, I, I looked the, up the IMDb page to see how long it was. And it's not terribly long. It's a little over an hour and a half, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. I was very, very glad, ultimately, that I didn't know anything about it going in. So if you are interested in watching this movie, and I think that you should be, I'll say that from the beginning this movie is worth a watch if you have not seen it and if you don't know anything about it don't listen to this right now because i'm sure that we will spoil important things very very early on and so yeah i'll 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 kind of leave it at that for now but um yes ultimately I thought it was really good. Initially, okay, so it's called One Cut of the Dead. So I'm like, okay, I get it. And so we start watching it, and it seems like a cheesy zombie movie. It seems like it was made by, you know, people who were doing it on the cheap and on the fly and for the love of it. And the production value wasn't good it was all i don't know what do you call it handy cam or or whatever yeah and so the the video quality wasn't great the acting was pretty bad the the effects and makeup were subpar and i'm just thinking oh my god this is crap but then when the uh, initial and biggest twist was revealed well and while that was all going on and because they were clearly doing it all in one cut, it wasn't an edited piece. It it literally was one one shot, and you could tell. And so what I was thinking and what I was preparing to say for the podcast was, it's ambitious and it's creative. You know, they're not the only <laughs> they're not the only folks who have ever tried to make a movie in one cut. It's been done before. It's rare, but it's been done before. And so watching that, I was like, it's ambitious and it's creative, but that does not necessarily a good movie make. And this is not a good movie. So I was already <laughs> I was already to talk about it in those terms. That's great. You had written down <laughs> your notes already. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like one thumb down, <laughs> ambitious but falls short. <laughs> yes, yes. And then at about the thirty-seven minute. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's very typical in that first half hour. Like they're in this spooky environment. It's an old like water filtration plant or something. The premise initially is that. The, the people in the movie are making this cheap zombie movie, but then apparently something happens. It's suggested that the director, who is dissatisfied with their performances, does something to actually bring real zombies into the fray. And there's some mythology about how this place was said to be a place of, like experimentation by the Japanese government bringing people back from the dead and it's suggested that the director does something 
to make these zombies rise. And then it's it's pretty typical. The zombies show up. They start chasing the lead actors around. Of course, as is always the case with these types of movies, you're like, seriously, the camera guy is still just, you know, filming everything while all this is going on. Well, while also not getting attacked himself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Somehow right. miraculously avoiding being attacked himself the whole time. It, it, it was silly and it was typical, but you know, par for the course for cheap zombie movies. And and it was getting to about the half hour mark and then getting closer to the 35 minute mark. And I was like, seriously, there's an hour of this left. I have to watch another hour of this. <laughs> and then it was over. And mm-hmm. the title card came up and the credits started rolling. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, is there going to be, like, an hour retrospective about this movie at the end or something? And it wasn't. It wasn't that at all. It totally changed gears. And from that point on, I was like, oh, shit, this really is clever. (laughs) (laughs) Once again... Once again, if you haven't seen this movie, this is another safe stopping point. We're warning you, you could stop here and watch it and be totally surprised by what's going on. I mean, what really helped was, and I thought this was especially clever, was that, as you said, the movie within the movie is kind of a meta movie itself, right? It's a movie about this director, like you said, who has scouted out this location, It's supposed to be this big military thing. The first thing we see is a zombie attacking a girl, basically cornering her into the edge of what looks like almost like a gymnasium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And she's holding an axe out, and she's crying, and he's very slowly stumbling towards her, very slowly stumbling towards her. It looks bad. And then she's like, no, 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 and then he stops and then it's like this was one of her former lovers and so she kind of reaches out to him and starts to touch his fingers and then he comes at her again and anyway she's doing a poor job and this is really dumb and eventually you hear cut and the director pops in and he starts berating her mm-hmm. you are a lousy why can't you act like you didn't feel it you were just acting like none of this is realistic and then he turns around eventually the, the guy playing the zombie kind of comes over and the director turns to him and grabs the scrub of his neck and it says and you you know in your rehearsals you, you're pretty boy you have no talent hack blah 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 and screams at him as well and storms off and hits him (laughs) hits him that's right that's right he hits him it's so good this is what's great about this is that there's so many payoffs to come later they go up the stairs ko was the name of the boy chinatsu is the name of the girl and then there's this pa named now she uh you know is kind of doing their makeup they're taking a break and she mentions the fact they're they're casually talking about you know where did they get this creepy location and she mentions that oh the director actually found it. It took him forever to find it all over Japan. And, and supposedly during World War II, there were these experiments uh, where the army was working with reanimating the dead. And then there's suddenly a bang at the door that startles them all. But sort of nothing happens. And so then they're like, well, that was weird. And then there's just this long pause. And finally, the guy speaks up and says, do you have any hobbies? <laughs> Do you have any hobbies? And, and I was like going, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. And it's funny because actually Chinatsu speaks up and says that. She goes, that's a random question. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he's like, well, you know, we're just trying to have fun here. Now jumps up and is like, well, actually, I'm learning self-defense right now. And he's like, oh, really? Why don't you show me some? Okay. And so she gets up and it's like, now approach me from the front. And she twists his arm. Oh, that's horrible. Now approach me from the back. Oh, that's horrible. Finally, you know, there's another bang. Anyway, what ends up happening? Gosh, there's no way we can walk you through all of this. No, but it, but it's funny, beca- and I, I understand why you want to, because there are so many little things that you notice in the beginning that you just kind of scratch your head about. Like, after that, a zombie comes in, and they fight the zombie. But meanwhile, there's this other guy, like, I feel like he's supposed to be another production assistant or something, and he's just sitting in the corner, like, watching all of this go down. Like, everybody else is freaking Mm -hmm. out, and there's this one guy just sitting there, and I'm like, why is he just sitting there? Like, he's, he's not reacting at all, and eventually... He kind of tries to sneak out, and by that point, the director's back, and the director grabs him and shakes him. He's like, where are you going? And and so, like the random, what are your hobbies question, and like this guy randomly sitting there, there are all these little tiny things that, just in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my god, this is a terrible movie. Like- <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and I was thinking, well, maybe this is going to get more clever, because the director does pop in and go, aha, see, you know, now I'm finally getting good reactions from you. And it's funny, actually. I thought it was hilarious, because they are presumably being attacked by these really zombies and now it's like you didn't do it did you and he's like yes i put the blood on the roof it's like oh my god and you released the actual zombies like yes now we're finally getting real reactions this is going to be a great movie and so now you realize sort of the conceit is that the director has concocted this found footage film together by unleashing real zombies and i was really questioning that the whole way through like come on can't really be that or is it you know well, so i thought maybe that was where the movie was gonna go with suddenly kind of giving me a twist that would that would explain it and it was funny because so at from that point basically the zombies just chase them around yeah. for the next 20 minutes all of the members of the crew you know get dispatched in various ways and then of course they're zombies and they're chasing them all around what was the most funny to me is that at the most random times when they're getting attacked by zombies the director would just burst in and go action (laughs) (laughs) and he'd be saying things to the zombies like get that bitch So funny. And then there are these moments where it's like the camera is just focused. So it's towards the end of it. This, um, uh, I think Ko and uh, Chinatsu are up on the roof, and now is up there, and now is kind of going ballistic because apparently uh, Chinatsu has been cut or bit on her ankle, and they noticed that, and so now wants to kill her with this axe. Right, and she goes, she goes nuts. Like out of nowhere, her character just totally changes and completely and and i had in my notes like is she a zombie now because all of a sudden she's super aggressive and violent and she's chasing chinatsu around and they end up on the roof and there's a big scuffle and then ko kills now with an axe and chinatsu runs away and ends up in a shed that's marked with a pentagram on the ground 
and these zom- it's a close up on her and these zombie legs come into frame and just stand right next to her for a second as she's cowering in fear and then they turn around and go away and i'm like what is happening this is so weird and it ends up with uh chinatsu back up on the roof somehow for some reason facing off with ko and it ends up ko apparently is a zombie now and so basically they are in real life reenacting the scene that they were shooting in the very opening scene and the director is there and he's like yes this is the real reaction this is how you would really be feeling she ends up gosh i don't even remember now jumps back up out of nowhere with an axe in her head for just a second and then just (laughs) falls away again and i had no idea what was going on there and I, i the director i feel like gets killed somehow now kills ko and another thing that i noticed but that didn't really strike me as weird is that most of the big kills happen off camera sure or they're obscured by something so all that you really see is the blood flying you don't really see graphic intense special effects or anything and there's a great moment in there too because the cameras again this is all one take so the camera's running after them and blood actually splatters up on the lens of the camera and there's blood on the scene for a while. And I thought, okay, how is this going to happen? And uh-huh. during one of the chases, a hand comes in and, and actually wipes the blood off of the lens. I loved it. I loved that. I loved that bit. And I l- later read in the trivia that that was actually real. Like, they didn't add that later. All of that actually happened. This movie was, like I said, it was shot for 25000 The whole thing is a very low-budget production, so everything that we saw on the screen, I don't think there's anything digital about it whatsoever. So, well, And the way that the, the, the movie, I'm air-quoting as I say that, the way that the movie ends is she kills Ko, and then she ends up standing on this huge pentagram made with blood on the roof, and there's like a crane shot. Like, the camera moves up so that it's shooting her from above, and she's just standing there, and that's when the credits roll and i i i had no idea what was going on (laughs) really seriously i was sitting here thinking what is happening i have no idea what's happening but i i did think that up to that point even though it was bad like it was kind of poorly made i thought well it was fun yeah you know like there was there was a lot of Action. A lot of running, and the camera's running, and the zombies are chasing. It's all very unrealistic. Um, like, there's one point where uh, Chinatsu is in an underground tunnel, and there are zombies at either side, so the the tension is very high, but then she just kind of skirts around one of them and keeps running. I, I didn't think that it was amazing, but I thought, okay, well, you know, for what they were doing... It was interesting. You were writing your notes that said, you know, Craig Higgins, one thumb down, <laughs> good effort, but not a good movie. However, if you had a Halloween party, <laughs> right. and you had this playing in the background, well, no, drinking I, some actually, beers with your buddies. <laughs> yes, kind of. But actually what I was thinking was the reason that I find this fun is because I thought that you and I could get our friends together and make this movie exactly so that was kind of fun um but then the credits roll and it fades to white and 
I had no idea what was going on. And then, because, like, they, the title card comes up, and the credits roll, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and then it fades back in onto a city. And this is when the, the twist is revealed. And it also says three months earlier. And it jumps back to when the director of this movie is being pitched the movie. And all of a sudden, the cinematography is far more traditional, way cleaner, way sharper. It looks like an actual movie as opposed to something that somebody shot on their iPhone. And that's that's where we figure out what's going on. And what I... Now, I, I will concede that this is mentioned in the IMDb trivia, but I really thought of it before I read it. It turns out that this movie is the horror equivalent of Noises Off, the play. Yes. The play. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching it, because I was involved in a production of Noises Off. It's a great play. Oh, it's hilarious. It's like you see the play from the, be- um, from the rehearsal is like act one, mm-hmm. and then act two, you watch a production of the play from backstage, and you've gotten a sense from the first act of how wacky these characters are in their rehearsal and all of their little quirks and, and, and issues and problems with each other, and there's all kinds of drama going on. So then you can see backstage, as they're trying to put on this farce, which is, you know, doors opening and closing and uh-huh. kind of, kind of uh-huh. madcap farce, it's just as madcap backstage as they're like sabotaging each other and they're like pissed off at each other and and things go wrong and they've got a cover for it and all that and then you see it finally the third act i think is like the closing night of this play and and it's from the front the actual production and you can tell that the production itself has just kind of devolved into shambles (laughs) right it's just hilarious and you're right this is exactly that just in zombie world zombie movie world so what we saw was the movie that was made we saw the production that aired and as it was pitched to him by these executives they wanted a half hour long live one cut zombie film and when they pitched it to this director he laughed he thought they were kidding and they're like no we're serious (laughs) (laughs) well and i love it because they tell him like why they chose him like you know because all he's ever done are like some music videos and some small documentaries and he says well what is your catchphrase again fast cheap and average yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that's why we picked you (laughs) and that's what they want they want something fast cheap and average they want cheap entertainment (laughs) and it's funny so we see what i will call act two we get to meet the actual actors and all of the people involved in the production before the production yeah. And the actor who plays Ko is this pretty boy, heartthrob kind of guy. He's a total snob and a douchebag. The the girl who plays Chinatsu is this up-and-coming star who uh, is very sweet and very pretty, but also kind of prissy and is really concerned about, like, what her agency will allow. Like, you can't, can't <laughs> spray anything on my face. It's not that I care, but my agency won't allow it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we meet the director and his family. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, they seem like a nice average family. The daughter is a, I would guess, late teens, early twenties. She still lives at home and she's interested in filmmaking too. And she, I think, um, is working as a PA on other productions and stuff. And the wife, Seems a little bit, I mean, I, I'm making this more deep than it is, but she seems a little bit lost. Like, yeah. she used to be an actress, but she's not anymore. And she's, you know, been exploring all these different hobbies, but she's not really found anything that's really caught her interest. And the daughter is trying to encourage her to get back into acting and stuff. And then some of the smaller characters who we had seen as zombies in the movie, like, one of them is a big drunk, we find out. Another one of them has irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> and if he drinks the wrong water, he will have horrible diarrhea. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> and and that goes on for about 15 minutes, I would say, until then we get to the shooting of the production. And when we see the shooting of the production, all of these things that we've learned about these people, first of all, two of the, it's live. And two of the actors get caught in traffic or something and can't show up. So the director has to step in to play the director in the movie. And his wife, who's just visiting the set with the daughter because the daughter's obsessed with the actor who plays Ko, volunteers her to play now the PA makeup artist. Right. Um, so they get thrown in at the very last minute. And then we get to see... The, the first act again, but from behind the scenes. And all of those weird things that were going on and making us scratch our heads when we were watching it the first time are explained, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like, I was laughing out loud, and that takes quite a bit for me. I thought it was really really funny it was laugh out loud funny like for example that awkward bit at the beginning where there's a bang at the door but nothing happens and so then ko asks now so what are your hobbies they had to improvise that because their zombie was supposed to come in the door but this was the drunk guy zombie and the director outside runs and finds that he's laying on the ground, not come standing up, totally drunk, and he's like picking him up and trying to wake him up and they've got like a PA, like an assistant there and he's trying to drag him to the door to try to get him to go through the door. So all, the best he can do is bang on the door and walk away. And then an assistant from off the camp from behind the camera shows a big sign that says improvise improvise something's <laughs> going bad and and this happens a few times which is hilarious right this little like there'll be a pa who's who's giving directions to them <laughs> from something they've written on a piece of paper some black art so that's why now jumps up and is like well i'm learning self-defense <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and which is something because she because she, she had been she like had that been. was that was one of the hobbies that she was exploring <laughs> in her real life. <laughs> and what it, it was so funny because like the she shows you know how you protect yourself from the front, but then the the real joke is when somebody comes and grabs you from behind, you throw your arms up to get out of their grip, and you yell something. I don't remember what Ow. she yelled like or something yeah. <laughs> and then she keeps doing it <laughs> because she kind of goes crazy like it's established that 
she stopped acting because she would get so into it that she couldn't control herself. <laughs> That's what happens here. And so people keep trying to grab her to restrain her and she just keeps throwing her arms up. Pow! <laughs> <laughs> so funny. We can't, we can't do it justice. No. You have to see it. Um, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is hilarious. And all of those little things, like, you know, I was wondering, why is that guy just sitting there, like, while all of this is going on? Well, the reason is, is because he's the diarrhea guy, and he's got <laughs> diarrhea, so he's trying not to shit himself, <laughs> and, and he finally tries door. to sneak out, and the director's like, where are you going? And he runs out, and when he ran out the first time, we heard him screaming, no, no, and so we just assumed that he was getting killed by a zombie, but the truth is... He was shitting himself. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there was a hilarious scene where, like, the director runs out after him, and we see the behind-the-scenes stuff where he just has to squat on the ground, and you hear the pooping, like... <laughs> at one point, at one point, he's standing there talking to the director, and he's like, it's coming out. And the director's <laughs> like, what's coming out? Poop. <laughs> <laughs> And then he's squatting on the ground because there are no bathrooms around. And the director makes the PA, <laughs> another PA, put zombie makeup on him while he's pooping on the ground <laughs> so that they can turn him into a zombie to ex bring him back to explain what had happened. Like, they're desperately trying to keep this going. And they're jumping off and on script at one point. Um, they're so off script, nobody knows where they are. And in the booth, the booth people are like, we're going to have to just cut it. We're going to have to cut to a card that says we're having technical difficulties and we'll try to get things back together. And the director's daughter, who is interested in filmmaking, says, no, we can do this. And like she jumps in with a plan. She's like, send so-and-so back in. And then we'll jump from page 11 to page 16 and just keep going from there. And they communicate with the actors via cue cards, which also explains those awkward pauses and silences from mm -hmm. the movie. It's because they don't know what's going on, and they're reading cue cards telling them what to do next. <laughs> like at one time... The cameraman is holding the camera, but he kind of turns back and sees a cue card there and has to flip the page <laughs> to the next page. <laughs> oh, there's so many great little touches in here. And that zombie leg that you had described earlier when she was cowering in the shed, but that zombie leg came up. It was one of the production staff who stepped up there and was holding a cue card in front of her saying, go get an axe. <laughs> and so she... You know, as soon as he leaves, she runs out of there, and in the movie, she goes and she picks up an axe and goes, Oh, an axe. Lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's all, you know, like like you said, we can't go through it step by step, but it's all very contrived is the right word, but that has a negative connotation. It's just, it, it's like noises off it's so well planned like mm. when the actress who plays now when she goes crazy they have to figure out a way to get her out so they kill her off with an axe off screen and then the axe ends up embedded in her head but they realize that they need an axe later in this in the movie 
So they have to take it out of her head and plant it and then tell the girl to find it. Like they're just, they're, they're problem solving as they go along. And I think that that is what really endeared the movie to me is that ultimately, whereas it felt so bad and so amateur in the first part, in the third act, you could tell that this was so meticulously planned. The first act and the third act just, I mean, literally, you could watch them if you had two different screens. You could start them at the same time and you could see what was going on on screen for the viewers and you could see what was going on behind the scenes and they align seemingly perfectly. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, with all of this craziness going on and the director trying to do his directorial duties while also having to be in the movie and so he's running around like a crazy person and everybody is yeah they're making it work and the execs who are watching it from a booth are like oh this is so much fun (laughs) well everything one of the last lines of the movie is one of them standing up and going well everything worked out beautifully (laughs) (laughs) it went off without a hitch i think she says uh, but part of what's endearing about it is the subject matter, right? It's like you said at the beginning when you were watching the first part. You're thinking, well, it's bad, but hey, this is something we would have gotten together and, and could have made yeah. ourselves. So that makes it a little endearing. This is just, this is that same spirit, right? Hey, these guys are trying to make this movie and they're falling all over themselves to do it right and they're making the best out of what they have. It's just really charming and, and fun and funny. There's, it's just a fun movie. Well, and that's something else that I that is just endearing. You know, after I watched it, I went and read about it. And this movie is the result of, like, a writing and directing workshop. Like, yeah. like um, all of these people, all of the actors involved in this were amateurs who paid money to take part in this workshop and so essentially they paid to be in the movie yeah i don't remember how they raised twenty five thousand dollars is a lot of money to me but when it for film production that's yeah it's not it's it's nothing it's like uh, it's not even going to cover food but but i think it was a uh, crowdfunded most of it, a lot of it was not all of it but a lot of it was actually crowdfunded yeah and so they made it for $25,000 they were all basically amateurs doing this to invest in and further their craft and it was released you know on on like a few screens in Japan and and you know not much happened but then i think that they submitted it for festivals and it did really well at festivals and then they uh did a a second release in Japan and it did really really well and then it got a worldwide release like this is <laughs> This yeah. almost never happens. Yeah. It, it does happen, but almost never. And, and that, I don't know, you know, being somebody who is into the arts and when I participate in things like this, I've only done a couple of student films, but you know, I've done a lot of like community theater. Like you don't really get into it thinking that it's going to be anything more 
than entertaining for your very limited audience and satisfying for you as a performer. And I imagine that that's what these people were thinking when they got into it. You know, this was going to be kind of a stepping stone, a silly little thing that they did. And then it just blew up and made a thousand times more than it cost to make. Wow. I, I'm just super impressed. Me too. <laughs> it was funny reading the trivia about that one take in the beginning. That I mean, the whole movie was only sh- was shot in eight days. Yeah. But the first you know movie within a movie took two of those eight days and six takes for the cast and crew to get right. And apparently, yeah. they actually got it perfect on the second take, except there was some issue with a camera error and one of the cameras stopped so they couldn't even use it (laughs) right which would be unfortunate and uh, uh, that in itself really is impressive because it was you know a 35 to 37 minute scene now if it was like it all took place in that one room i would think okay well that's reasonable it's you know it's it's you're basically filming a play but it's not you know they move around there are multiple set pieces um, multiple angles, special effects, makeup changes, like significant makeup changes and effects that are going on in real time. That is impressive. It is. That you is know, really impressive. It's a lot to coordinate. It's a lot of crew that have to run around and just stay out of shot of the camera, but be back there to help support and run sound and all this stuff. And then apparently also a behind-the-scenes guy (laughs) behind all that with a GoPro who also has to stay out of the way. Right. Because after the credits of the movie roll, the real movie, finally, when we're done, you get to see some of the the behind-the-scenes of that actual... Of the the (laughs) (laughs) behind-the-scenes. It's crazy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, really, really great. Um, I would highly recommend it for anybody. Anybody, really. You don't even have to be a horror fan. You just have to be able to take... A bunch of cheesy zombie fake blood stuff. Yeah, ultimately, I w- God, it, it, it's a difficult movie to categorize mm. because it does have, you know, a lot of blood splatter. I mean, it's obviously fake. And like I said, you don't see, there's not a lot of graphic violence on screen, but you do see the aftermath. And that's something else that I really enjoyed too. And I think that horror fans would enjoy seeing a lot of how some of this stuff is done where you've got live actors in a scene and then just through creative camera work you have production assistants off camera throwing fake bodies and severed heads and severed arms into the scene fitting blood in people's faces <laughs> right right <laughs> through hoses like i loved that like when uh chinatsu is is hacking up ko at the end she's behind a short it's not a wall, but she's behind something so that you can see her from approximately the waist up. And so you can see her as she's lifting the axe, but then as she takes it down, the blood just splatters in her face. And when we get to see the behind the scenes, it's just a guy crouched down there with a hose in his mouth, taking big swigs of blood and then shooting them through the hose. And it looks great. It looks I mean, great. It looks fantastic. And it's a payoff for that gag where she was like, things can't spray on my face. <laughs> getting loads of it. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Oh, and just little, little things like in the first part of the movie, the movie movie, you know, you hear people say things like, who are you? (laughs) 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 Because random zombies or PAs are just jumping in to try to get things back on track and the actors have no idea what's going on and it's so frantic in the moment that those lines just fly by but then when you see it later you understand what's going on and that the actors have no idea what's happening one of my favorites we talked about how in the movie within a movie now just out of nowhere goes nuts well that's because the actress kind of gets lost in her character and goes nuts. And so they're all chasing her around, yelling at her to stop. And eventually her husband, the director, has to grab her, pull her off scene, and choke her out so that she (laughs) is unconscious. And then while she's unconscious, to explain what happened to her, they have to get her into zombie makeup and put an axe in her head. And so in the movie later, in the very last scene when she pops up out of nowhere, that's just because the actress regained consciousness and had no idea what was going on. (laughs) So she just jumped up in the middle of the scene and we see later in the behind the scenes stuff that her husband just grabbed her by the waist and pulled her back out of scene and that's there's no explanation for it in the movie within the movie but uh it's and there are other things like that too one of my favorite bits is when um the cameraman gets whacked uh, i don't i'm not exactly sure how it happens but he gets knocked out or something or gets injured and he falls on the ground. In the movie, within the movie, it seems like a cool kind of found footage type trope, right? Where the camera gets knocked out of someone's hand for a brief moment, and it's right there on the ground, but it still manages to film most of the scene before it gets picked back up again. Well, in the in the behind the scenes, we see uh, that this guy was incapacitated, and this woman, who I think was kind of aspiring to be a camera person or uh-huh. was really interested in that, but just completely out of her league, uh, like looks left, looks right, and, and she's the only person there who can like pick up the camera and run with it. So she picks it up and totally runs with it. And even while she's running through the fields, like slips and falls. <laughs> oh. Another uh, and one of my other favorites was the uh, the drunk actor. Like he promises that he's not going to drink through the shooting, but then somebody brings a bottle of like fancy sake to the set and he finds it and so he is literally like passed out and the director has to basically just hold him by the waist and kind of marionette him through his <laughs> scenes and it's so funny because like he's 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 got him around the waist and he's trying to stay low and stay out of shot which he does so in the movie it just looks like this guy is shambling like a zombie um, but when you see what's really happening, I mean, he's just barely lucid at all. And the reason that he's moving that way is because somebody is holding him by the waist and just puppeteering him through the scenes. <laughs> Very clever. So clever. Um, this is not a movie that I ever would have watched. Now, maybe if there were a dubbed version, maybe I would have watched it. But it's unlikely that I would have watched it. Uh, otherwise. And I'm really, really glad that I did. 
But again, I think a lot of the joy of it came from the unexpectedness of what happened. I didn't know what was going on. And, and I, and I think that, uh, <laughs> it was, it was an experience. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like my, the whole experience of watching the first part and being pissed off at you for picking another stupid ass movie and then it shifting into something else that I wasn't expecting at all and then that that thing that I wasn't expecting at all ultimately being really well done and really clever like it was such a great payoff I uh I man I just really enjoyed it. I don't know that I would necessarily recommend it to everybody, but I think that fans of horror and or especially horror comedy or even people who are just fans of kind of farce and slapstick comedy who can handle a little bit of fake gore. Absolutely. And man, aspiring filmmakers oh yeah watch this check it out like i just just so clever i i i ended up walking away from it with a great big smile on my face ah and i finally feel redeemed (laughs) yeah don't get don't get too full of yourself (laughs) it was a diamond in the rough i need a few more movies like this to break us even And a big shout out to Liz also for recommending this film to us. I'm really, really grateful again to get recommendations from people of things that we probably, like you said, would not have found on our own. If you have a request for us, please send us a message. You can find us online. You just have to search by Google Two Guys and a Chainsaw Podcast. You will find our Facebook page, our Twitter account, and our website. You can simply leave us a comment or message there. Let us know what you thought of this movie or send us a request for a movie we should do later. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys and a Chainsaw. Chainsaw.